It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. This is Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford Jr., the grateful owner of KWIM Radio, and I'm sitting with my co-host, my attorney, who should be your attorney, Dallas Elder Law Attorney, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. And I'm going to correct myself immediately by saying I'm sitting here with you on the telephone, as usual, due to the coronavirus and the fact that we have to keep our distance and therefore, we've chosen, oh my goodness, now months ago, to do our program over the phone instead of in person, uh, and we'll wait until the restrictions subside and we can begin doing this program again in person. But for now, we're doing it over the phone, and so far, so good, Michael. Yeah, no, it's, it's been fun. I mean, for those who don't know, usually I would come into the radio station when we do the recordings uh, now, uh, as of, I guess it began in, in March. We started doing these things virtually, uh, and um, um, you know, until the until we feel a little bit more comfortable. Even if the governor has restricted, uh, has lifted some of the restrictions, uh, we still feel like we want to be safe uh, for everybody. Yes, no doubt about that. And it'll be interesting in your practice and the rest of the world how things will change permanently, what the new normal will be, and will you continue to engage in? Uh, FaceTime, meaning face-to-face with your clients, or will you allow for virtual meetings in the future? I would definitely allow virtual meetings in the future. It's, we're going to see what the, you know, see what what clients want. We'll be on the safe side no matter what. Even when we reopen, I'm sure that we'll have, you know, sanitization between clients. I mean, in other words, between meetings, uh, that means everything would be uh, resanitized. We'll have everybody wearing masks. Uh, all the different t- uh, t- precautions that whatever the CDC recommends, uh, we would be doing that. And if people felt uncomfortable, we would continue to do virtual meetings or phone meetings, uh, whatever makes people feel comfortable. So I hope that some of the things become some things become permanent. A lot of times uh, uh, nowadays we're even able to do like prove up probates. In other words, like when you say a will is try to determine a will is good. Now we could do it by Zoom conferences and. I hope that that becomes a a new norm because it's easier than driving to the courthouse and and uh, uh, parking downtown if you're in Dallas or Fort Worth uh, and uh, or any of the other counties. Uh, you know, so to me, I hope that some things make it easier. We say, oh, that worked actually better than what we used to do, and so maybe some things will be better. But yes, we will do virtual meetings uh, for anybody who so so desires. We'll continue to do that. Um, uh, there's no doubt that we will continue to do that until feel, people feel comfortable of coming in, uh, and so that's going to depend on the situation. Yes, well, that's excellent. Um, and in light of these new changes, uh, in light of the coronavirus and other uh, pandemics <laughs> that we're experiencing, especially this one, you've made some changes in your business, and 
as a result, you've had a number of experiences speaking of uh, virtual conferencing and the like and um, meeting with people online to uh, basically make changes in their state planning or discuss government benefits like we did last week regarding Social Security and other matters like that. You had some situations regarding notaries and common mistakes yeah. that are made when it comes to notaries, and you wanted to address those this week. Yeah, because I saw I had seen several different problems with um, people doing something simple as notarizing. Uh, you would think would be a simple act, but notaries are pe- people too, <laughs> are human as well, and they make mistakes that could be uh, very costly. And I thought, well, gee, I probably should address some of those things. Uh, you know, we mentioned it our previously in April uh, how uh, the governor had relaxed the ability to certain sign certain documents like wills, powers of attorney, medical powers of attorney, living wills, uh, and even you could have an oath when you probate a will, all uh, done virtually now uh, online. In other words, you can just look at somebody and they can, there's, uh, you don't have to have the certain restrictions that you did previously. Previously, Texas allowed online notarizations, but you had to have certain uh, extra precautions that you had to take. The governor, during the time of the pandemic, issued a temporary order allowing these things to be done virtually. Uh, does that mean that there's going to be more mistakes? Maybe. Well, does that mean that uh, you shouldn't have, let's say, let's say you had a will done virtually? Uh, we're telling people, even if they signed it virtually, in other words, when I see them like on my laptop or phone or whatever, and they give me the proof of their uh, ID, et cetera, and the requirements that are now required, um, that we say, well, even after the pandemic subsides, we might do it the old-fashioned way just to be on the safe side. Now, uh, so let me kind of tell you a few of the mistakes that I saw this week uh, where, where it could make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example... Uh, we had um, the uh, we were we were about to probate a will, and the um, the person who signed the will was a Kansas resident, a Kansas resident, and they can't live in the Kansas City area, and they just walked across the state line and had the attorney sign the will uh, in Missouri, and the Missouri the will was signed by two witnesses and the notary. Mm. What's the problem with that? Problem with that was the stamp was done by a Missouri notarial seal. What does that mean? Well, does that mean the will's no good? It means that the will was not self-proved. So what does that mean? When it's not self-proved, in other words, it wasn't proved under Kansas law, that means that what we'll have to do is find the witnesses from 25 years ago and either have them come to Dallas for a probate hearing if we're not doing things uh, virtually at that time, or take their deposition up in Kansas or Missouri uh, and taking a lot of extra time and cost because of an error because they used a Missouri notarial stamp. They weren't licensed in Kansas, mm-hmm. but the resident of the, the person who did the will was in Kansas. So oh, now boy. it's not uh, considered valid under Kansas law. It's not self-proved either. Actually, maybe valid is not the correct word. It's a valid will. It's just that now you have to go through extra proof and a lot of extra expense because somebody used the wrong stamp. Mm. They used Goodness. a Missouri license instead of a Kansas license. Wow. And as a result, uh, the court will require that there'll be a lot of extra time and expense. I actually told the client uh, that maybe the attorney 
Um, I guess it's kind of a rough standpoint, but I said I would ask the attorney to pay for the his oversight for the extra time and cost because neither the client nor us should have to pay for somebody else's mistake. In other words, it's well, an inexcusable anyway, mistake on the on the on the attorney's part, is what you're saying. Well, if you're if if you're in a border state where I mean you're right by the border, you would think that you would know right that what the rules would be and that you have to be extra careful on that. Mm-hmm. And if you're especially if you have a resident from Kansas come across the border, either you have to have a Kansas stamp and maybe they're licensed in both Kansas and Missouri, right? Uh, and maybe that will be the case. But uh, you know you got to be careful. So uh, here are the. It was just a simple error. Now, I've never seen that happen before, by the way, because Texas, we're just here in Texas, and we're not right close to the border, so it's not an issue as much. But it's just a simple mistake. Uh, What we have seen is that, let's say that the notary, um, instead of having the wrong wrong stamp as far as Missouri versus Kansas, let's say they used a stamp that was already out of date. Right. Well, there's a mistake, too, you know? Or let's say that they, they failed to... Uh, sign, they, they failed to fill in the names of who the witnesses were or their own name. So mm-hmm. that happened too. So what happens then? Uh, again, you'll have to, yeah, so the estates code in Texas, you know, they always say, well, there's a will, there's a way. Uh, <laughs> it really is the case in, in Texas uh, as far as the estates code. You basically, you may have to try to find the witnesses, as we said before, have them either testify at the hearing or perhaps take a deposition by written questions. There's a way to doing it, a lot of extra time and expense. Or uh, if all else fails, you get somebody who could identify the handwriting. They have to testify. So there's different things that could happen, but you have to go through that extra effort. So I remember one time we had somebody who the the attorney failed to fill in one of the blanks on who was one of the witnesses. So Hmm. the result... We either had to find one of the witnesses or the notary. So I actually brought the uh, attorney to court to testify that, yeah, they were there. So we've seen it. We had uh, where they they uh, failed to sign their own name. They failed to sign their own name. They said, oh, gee, I didn't sign my own name. <laughs> it yeah. You have to go through all the different things. I mean, if you don't, it seems so simple uh, to fill in the blanks, but you would be amazed how many times people just, don't fill it in blanks. We had one this yeah. week where they didn't fill in the dates on the deed. They didn't fill out the date. So how do you know when it was done? Right. It could have been done after somebody died. How, you could say, how do you know that was there, that was done before somebody died or not? I don't think right. Did they really sign that? So, that if, so if you failed, you sent a notary, uh, if you sent that in without the filling out of the dates, the, you send it to the county clerk, the county clerk should more likely say that this is incomplete. Mm-hmm. What happens if they lost mental capacity in the time? Meantime, maybe they had a lucid interval. So now you, you wasted time just because you know notaries have they can have errors and omission insurance just like other professions, just like a doctor or a lawyer can have uh, uh, insurance for mistakes. Well, actually, notaries there's insurance for uh, notaries too for all the different mistakes that they can make. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually had that happen with the notary failing to have the sign a date, so we had them redo it. We did, they, they had done a deed outside the office uh, that, um, uh, uh, and they were supposed to notarize, just the notary just did, wasn't very detailed. Mm. A lot of times, of course, um, you see under the law right now, the governor allows those different documents to be signed uh, online, uh, 
but you can't. But it only went so far. It didn't say all documents could be notarized online. Right. Only wills, powers of attorney, medical powers of attorney, living wills, oaths of executors or administrators or guardians. But other than that, it was limited to that. So if you had a deed, that you can't do that online. You're supposed to. So how do you do it if you if you can't do it online? Mm-hmm. Well, there's lots of different ways. You, it could be that, um, well, somebody, there are mobile notaries, so you could have somebody come to your house, or you might do a drive-through at your bank or make arrangements at some notaries, some, some place where a notary is, or, you know, if, you're, if we're concerned about the pandemic, of course, like many of us are at this point, you could do it that way, so you, they could see you and yet uh, get it notarized. You can make some sort of appointments. We actually, what I do right now is I'm at my office right now, at least for the time being, until things subside, until we see the numbers go down, uh, what I've done, too, is I go to the office on weekends sometimes, uh, usually uh, at that time, and catch up things. And I said, okay, for some people, if they want to come in on the weekend when nobody's there uh, to make it on the safe side uh, and still have to have a mask, et cetera, then we can make arrangements. We even, we're even going to give away masks uh, for people when they're, once the pandemic subsides uh, to make it, you know, safe. But in any event, we're, we, we give about five different options and say here's how you could do it on those type of documents that, are, that you don't have to do online or if they just don't want to do it online. Uh, so, um, well, as you said, though, when it comes event, to being on the safe side, um, the only way to really truly be on the safe side in this situation or any other ones is to attend Michael's workshop, which is also done virtually and online. And the next one is Saturday, May the 16th at 10 o'clock. And I can basically echo what Michael's been saying for five years now as to what goes on at the workshops and how it starts off. And Michael just opens it up like he does virtually online or does it in person and says, what would you like to know? And what I like about that is such a simple, easy, general question um, meaning he's done no work and no preparation for this workshop, which is not the truth. On the contrary, he's done 20, 30 years of preparation, and he knows this stuff so well when it comes to government assistance or estate planning that you can basically, what he's implying, is ask him anything in those two specific areas, and he will um, direct and correct you um, so that you have more knowledge as to how to conduct yourself accordingly and probably go to see him privately in a visit meeting. Is that fair and accurate, Mike? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, thank you for saying it that way. I, uh, yeah, I think um, you know, when you're, as you said, I'm in uh, 20 or 30 years' experience, actually more, so which means only that I'm an elder elder law attorney. Uh, <laughs> that means I've been doing a long time. So usually, the usually what happens, like you just said, is we ask people what they want to know. So at least they feel like that they're on this free estate planning essentials workshop, they can ask whatever questions they have without any kind of obligation and get the answers to their questions. Uh, and hopefully, and a lot of times you'll find out things that you never thought about. And so, uh, or you'll see questions from somebody else that you never thought about. And say, hmm, I right. never realized that uh, in my medical power of attorney that I need to have some language or because of the privacy laws, so that somebody, the doctor, can talk to me uh, at, at will, 
uh, whereas the medical power of attorney may not have given us given that given us the ability to get uh, medical records and things like that. It could be something simple like that, or it could be something you know. And we talked about last week. I think um, we talked about well, what about you know your old living will? Uh, did your old living will that said if you're in a persistent vegetative state, you you could uh, stop intubation? Well, what about now with COVID nineteen? Do you want to have intubation? have the right to have a respirator. It could be things as uh, simple as that that maybe just just a few months ago that you wouldn't even have considered, but things change. We didn't expect mm-hmm. the pandemic. We didn't expect that there would be laws regarding digital assets like your Facebook account or online accounts uh, and the ability to have access to those things. There's lots of different things besides the tax laws. Who would think mm-hmm. that now you would the planning for retirement accounts would be different for your children because of the tax laws that changed on January 1st uh, with, regarding retirement. Anyway, whatever it is that you want to know, we say, what is it that you want to know? It could be something about Medicaid laws with regarding RRAs that are now being in the process of being changed. It could be any number of things. We don't know, and each workshop is different because we don't know what the questions are going to be. So we say, what do you want to know? And for two hours, we answer your questions and see different situations on what you know, how would this affect you, what your options are, and then even if you need to get together uh, privately and talk about your situation, whether it be in person or online, depending upon how quickly it is and when the pandemic subsides, uh, or on the phone, we just give a free uh, one-hour vision meeting for those who attend, and only those who attend, the free estate planning essentials workshop. So you actually get three free hours on estate planning without any kind of obligation, and we just see what your situation is to make sure you cover you and your loved ones the way you want on your own terms and conditions to make things as easy as possible if, God forbid, bad things happen to you. You simply can't do this Uh, by a a legal Zoom document. You can't do it by Googling it because you wouldn't be necessarily speaking to a Dallas elder law attorney like Michael Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, is. That's why you should attend the workshops. You can ask specific questions about your circumstances, and then Michael can either answer them or ask questions of you so that he can zero in on the right answer for your individual and special needs. So attend his next workshop. They fill up very quickly. They're free, of course. They are in person and they are online. And um, so sign up today to make sure you can, you can attend it, which is Saturday, May the 16th at 10 o'clock. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. You can Google Michael Cohen Lawyer, uh, Dallas, any of those reference words to also find him online or dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102. Michael, we got about six minutes left or so in the show. I want to ask you two quick things. Um, the first one is... Um, you mentioned certain documents are not uh, able to be executed online um, or virtually. That does not include trusts. You didn't at least mention trusts. Is that true? And if so, why? Yeah, because yeah, on um, trust, you don't actually have to. It doesn't actually have to be notarized. Oh. It's one of those documents that that doesn't need to be notarized. So we used what we did prior to the pandemic was we always had it notarized. Uh, but the, just to be, you know, just to do it, just to make more official, as they say. But really, under law, you don't have to have it notarized. So uh, what we've done is 
to make it easier for people. We don't have the notary block or notarize uh, because it's not required by law. Got it. So only the document. You see, usually a lot of times things that, there are certain documents that have to be notarized. So, for example, obviously, um, if you had a deed, the deed needs to be recorded with the county clerk where the property is located. Mm-hmm. Well, then for recording, you have to have it notarized. That was the mistake that the the one we talked about earlier, where the notary didn't put a date in. Right. And, I, and another thing, another thing, by the way, uh, just speaking of other mistakes is what happens if the person didn't show up in person? You know, they they could have liability. In other words, let's say, oh, somebody signs it, but they didn't, you know, show up in, in your presence. Well, that notary runs a risk because they have to say that they were in their presence. You have to see them. Right. So, and usually usually you have to have, like, let's say you had a will, and they didn't sign the notary book. There's an actual notary book you're supposed to sign, and it should be, they should ask you for see your driver's license, and you usually sign the book. What happens if you didn't do it? Will a litigating attorney look at those notorial, that notorial book to see if it was actually done? Mm-hmm. Well, when there's a will contest, they probably would. So, okay. uh, so, so that would be another mistake. And also a mistake, speaking of which, let's say that they do the wrong, there's different types of notorial acts. What does that mean? So like for a, a will, you have to say it's, signed to and sworn to before me, whereas other documents may be signed and acknowledged as a difference. And so uh, if it's, if they did, the, if they made the wrong, if they think, so let's say you had a will and said signed and acknowledged by me as opposed to signed sworn to by me. Well, the courts, if it, unless it was an old will, because that used to be the law a long time ago, or that used to be way the, the judges were okay with that. But nowadays, unless you say signed to and sworn to, then you're going to have to bring those witnesses to court mm-hmm. to to probate the will. So if the if the if the uh, notary puts the wrong jurat or the attorney puts the wrong what they call jurat, the that block about what the uh, how the how it was signed is incorrect. Again, another mistake that could be very costly. And you would think you know that again. <laughs> you think just signing a notary. Thing uh, block would be a pretty simple thing, but you think, oh, they failed to give the show personal appearance. Now, uh, something simple as that, uh, you know, oh, well, I'll just take it down the street and have it notarized later. No, no, that's not the way it works. And, you know, or failing to have a block, or, or, or failing to put a name in a block, or the wrong block. Yeah. Just it, it seems, seems so so simple, but unfortunately, people make mistakes, and so you have to kind of check it. I'm sure that nobody would have thought that, you know, we, what we talked about at the very beginning about the out-of-state will, that mm-hmm. they thought, oh, the will was, that was done by an attorney. It shouldn't have, been, shouldn't have been a problem. They're all in the Kansas City area. shouldn't be a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't work that way. So you have to double-check it, make sure that the person not only signs it in the presence of whomever, or it depends on what the, uh, at least the notary, and if it's a will, you usually want to have the two witnesses sign it in the presence of you, in the presence of each other, and meet the requirements of the state law wherever you live. Um, and make sure that the person <clears throat> shows their proper ID. You know, now when you have it even online, uh, that is for the wills, powers attorney, medical powers attorney, living wills, you have to show proper ID, a photo ID, like your driver's license or a passport or a Texas ID card for it to be valid. 
so we basically show show that proof, and they send you copy that. They might email it or give it, send it to you some way by snail mail or whatever, and then they can notarize it uh, later uh, and and send it back electronically or whichever way uh, is easiest. So um, uh, so there's different ways you could do it, but you have to just comply with the law. And yeah. so it, it, it's not that difficult, but unfortunately. People make mistakes, whether it's an incomplete act and failing to put their name in there or failure to get the signer's identification or uh, uh, having failure to have, you know, personal appearance or using the wrong seal or or having the wrong uh, jurat, that is the acknowledgement or sworn to language, uh, people make mistakes. And so I guess that's why they have uh, uh, insurance for notaries, too, even though you would think it was really... Something simple. I always joke with um, uh, one of the notaries at my office, and I say, "Well, you know, before she notarizes different things, and I'm a notary as well." But uh, I said, "Well, taking that notary notary test was really difficult. It's really nice. <laughs> there is no notary test, by the way. Oh, okay. Said, because all you have to do, all you have to do is to be a notary. Is you fill out some different things, and you uh, and you uh, pay them a fee." Mm-hmm. By the way, it's different for uh, for online notarization. Other than those other things I mentioned, uh, you can be an online notary, but there's different requirements that are more strict uh, than what we have just for the, the what issued temporary the order that we're talking about now. You have mm-hmm. to have special licensing to be an online notary on other, uh, but prior to the pandemic arising. They had to have special equipment to make recordings and things like that to make sure everything was done right. You know, all sorts of extra requirements were required mm-hmm. um, prior to the pandemic on documents to make sure that they could be official. Uh, that was relaxed, as I said. And mm-hmm. so now you don't have to have that special um, payment of a fee to be an online notary. Any notary can do online notarization for those documents that we mentioned just a couple of minutes ago. Well, like anybody else in the world, notaries need check and balance. Michael is exactly that. He is ultimately, in light of the word safety, which is seeming to be the common word used around the world in terms of people conducting their lives and staying safe, Michael Michael himself is your safety net when it comes to estate planning, government assistance, and to make certain that you are safe and protected in those two specific areas. Sign up for his next workshop today. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, or dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. Stay safe. A leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214 214- Seven two zero zero one zero two. That's two one four seven two zero zero one zero two. 
a talk show host on 770 KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 